Leo left a note on the fridge saying he'll make us dinner tonight. He's not a wanker. Lauren actually has a nice guy. Gangly, sweet Leo. In the humidity, his short brown hair curls to make him look like a young teenager. He moved in a year ago when he sold his home to Dylan, which is where the newlyweds now reside. I don't mind having Leo around, helping with expenses and upkeep. So far, the house feels large enough to avoid intruding on each other's space. They have the master suite on the third floor, and I'm at the other end of the hall with several empty bedrooms between us. Aside from our workroom, we have an actual formal library we've designated as the TV room. This is where Leo escapes from us and spends most of his time either on his computer or playing video games on the TV. The first-floor living and dining rooms are rarely used, since we don't have all those great parties we imagined hosting when we first moved in here. Other than eating in the kitchen and sleeping in my bedroom, I live in the second-floor studio, beating every chance I get. I'm not always so negative or cynical. I absolutely love designing and creating our jewelry. It's the business end that has me in a constant state of distress, worrying if we can succeed or if I'll have to learn to love spam and powdered milk. Once I'm suitably awake, I plant myself at the large craft table that can seat more than a dozen people and takes up most of our studio space. Starting with the new beads that were delivered, I begin sorting the gemstones and silver beads into their proper bead boxes. It's the kind of tedious work that sucks up our time and slows down our productivity. We've discussed hiring a high school girl to come do some of the grunt work so we can work on the craft and business details, but even a minimum wage employee is too steep for our non-existent budget. As I begin filling bead trays for individual necklaces we'll make today, I hear vehicles rumbling up our dirt driveway. Then I hear Lauren and Leo in the downstairs front entryway. They trail off down the hall, heading towards the kitchen, but I also hear heavy footsteps on the staircase. I look up from my beads to see Cooper filling the doorway. My insides quake with a little tremor, either at being found or suspicious of what will follow his appearance. Cooper looks as good as always, no hangover, no sallow, tired skin, his shoulder-length straight blonde hair is tucked behind each ear and looks perfect against his tan, handsome face. I've seen that knowing grin of his so many times, I've learned to look away to avoid being swayed by his magnetic charisma. Everyone thinks he's charming and gorgeous if you listen to the women gossiping at the yoga studio when they have their asses in the air and their heads low to the ground as they rate local men in hushed tones. He's a regular old chick magnet, the last thing I need. Imogene. There's that deep, rumbling purr again. He always says my name with a slight smirk on his face. Hi, Cooper. My eyes sweep over his physique quickly before settling back on my work. I didn't miss a single detail. The relaxed jeans that hang from his narrow waist his thick biceps reaching up as he places his hands on both sides of the doorframe, pulling his white t-shirt up enough so I see his flat stomach, and his broad chest that seems to get bigger every time I see him. 
The heavy, physical work he does at Blackard Designs has definitely done wonders. Cooper was promoted to operations manager, and I've watched him helping the crew load furniture into the delivery trucks and unload timber delivered to the factory. He looks like he does it all, and it looks amazing on him. How are you feeling today? He asks with a little smugness. I continue beating, though I see him out of the corner of my eye, slowly walking around the studio, checking things out. I feel like I have sharp boulders rolling around in my head. How about you? I didn't drink last night, so I'm good.